0: It is Monday, October 24th. I'm Scott Sadenberg.
1: And, and I'm AJ Hoffman. NFL Week 7 wraps up tonight. And the World Series is set. Here
0: comes the Vegas Truth.
1: This is straight out of Vegas. Give me
0: We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with. A Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Astros and Phillies both punch their tickets to the World Series. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers both losing as the Bucks and Packers struggles continue. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? It's going to be the Major League Baseball. World Series is now set. As you mentioned, the Philadelphia Phillies will meet up with the Houston Astros. The Astros finishing off a sweep of the New York Yankees last night, 6-5 in Game 4. The Phillies earlier advancing, beating the Padres 4-3, winning that series in five games on the strength of Bryce Harper. But let's start with the Astros before we get to the Phillies. This is now, AJ, the fourth World Series appearance for the Astros in the
1: last six seasons. It's pretty wild. Can we call this Team A Dynasty? They have to win more than one World Series to be a dynasty. Like, it, it, it's the Buffalo Bills weren't a dynasty. Like, you can't just keep showing up and losing. They, they've got to start to put some skins on the wall. The one is nice. There's a lot of people who think it's tainted, they need one without that. Uh, And if they get that, then we can start having that conversation.
0: Yeah, so... uh, An American League dynasty for sure, though. Well, absolutely. So they have the World Series win over the Dodgers in 2017. They lose to the Nationals in 2019. And then they lose to the Braves just last season. But getting back there now, and they will have home field advantage. The American League team, whether it was the Yankees or the Astros, were going to have home field advantage, better records than both Phillies and the Padres. And Houston, the way that they got by just everybody. First of all, they haven't lost a game this playoff. Seven and zero,
1: seven and zero. Pretty good season. Last night was the first run, first earned run scored on them on the road this postseason. Yeah, so it's been it's been a good run for the Astros. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's where I was going. The way that they have won these games
0: has been with their pitching. Their starting pitching has been incredible. The bullpen has been incredible, and you just. Look at the lineup that they have and you talk about offensively how great the Houston Astros are but if they're getting this type of pitching from not just their starters but the relievers as well it's hard to see it's hard to see them losing any game.
1: Yeah, and obviously it, it, it really this game for McCullers was the worst start that any Astro had in, in this series and It wasn't exactly bad. Five innings, three earned runs, six strikeouts, one walk, uh, and leaves the game tied. Mm -hmm. If that's the worst of it, then you're in pretty good shape. The other three performances, Verlander, Javier, uh, Framber Valdez, just domination. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, they they were untouchable. Uh, Verlander gave up a first inning home run and then basically Mm -hmm. cruised. Their starting pitching has been the difference. And it's funny because – the Yankees, when we talked when the Yankees went on that tear early in the season, we we're like, wow, they're so much better than we thought they were. Why were they so much better? Because of their pitching. Yeah. We knew their lineup was going to be good, but the pitching was like, wow, this is what's coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening right now. And it's not coming out of nowhere. This Astros pitching staff has been money yeah. all season, kind of flying under the radar, as much as a 106-win team can fly <laughs> under the radar but they haven't really been talked about like the favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody was talking about the Dodgers. Everybody was talking about the Yankees. Everybody was talking about the Mets mm-hmm. and the Braves. And now the Astros are here and uh, going to be healthy favorites over this uh, over this this uh, Phillies team that's yeah. on a good run of their own. But I think it's certainly an uphill battle for the Phillies. Oh, absolutely. And, and just looking at the Astros, the way that they're pitching is going to
0: line up, Plenty of off days now. Game one of the World Series is not until Friday, so uh, they're going to go back to Verlander in game one. The stage is set now for the Aces and everyone to go up against each other. I think the Phillies might go with Nola in game one because Wheeler pitched here on Sunday, so m- maybe they'll go Nola so he doesn't have you know an extra day of not yeah. pitching. Uh, but either way, it's Nola-Wheeler in games one and two, and the Astros will counter with you know Framber Valdez and, and Justin Verlander games one and two. So the Astros— both both teams their pitching lines up. In this game, in particular, last night, Yankees have a 3-0 lead. Nestor Cortez is on the mound. Everything seems to be going right for New York early on. And all of a sudden, the velocity drop was significant in that yeah. third inning. To the point where Aaron Boone and the trainer comes out to check on Nestor Cortez and He's getting into a lot of three ball counts, and people are saying, "No, it's just a stalling tactic for you know them to get the bullpen ready." And and he's not really hurt. They say he left the game with a groin injury. This is after uh, Cortez, you know, gave up uh, 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 the home run to Jeremy Pena, but the. The velocity dropped
1: significantly, which is usually an indicator that something's wrong. Yeah, and it dropped to the point where there were Astros players talking about they didn't have to respect his fastball anymore. Yeah. Like, it was, it was becoming a batting practice fastball. Mm-hmm. So they were sitting on the breaking stuff, and if he threw a fastball, they had time to adjust. Most, most of the time in a major league, you, you don't have time to adjust to a fastball. If you're not thinking fastball, you're not going to yeah. hit a fastball. So if they're saying we were able to not worry about the fastball blowing by us, you know something was wrong. Yeah, no, it, obviously it was. It, it
0: was a cutter
1: that uh, he threw to Jeremy Pena, but the
0: cutter was at 82 Miles per hour. You're not going to get that by many guys. You're not going to get that by, <laughs> let alone a player that's having, having a pretty good postseason yeah. in Jeremy Pena. So now uh, Cortez leaves the game. The Yankees are able to reclaim the lead though. And then the seventh inning ground ball with one out gets hit to Glaber Torres at at second base. He backhand flips. Ironically, Jeremy Pena involved in this play. Also with Pena running, they're probably not going to turn two. Maybe the flip was rushed because of Pena running, but it was in the flip was off. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa could not get it. Instead of at least one out being made, forget about the inning-ending ending double play. But instead of one out being made, no outs were made. It's now first and second with one out. Astros two batters later, uh, Alv- Jordan Alvarez gets the big hit. They score. Um, and uh, take the lead and, and it was Alvarez and then Bregman so Alvarez gets the big hit Bregman gets the big hit and then bang it's a six five ball game I
1: heard a lot of discussion about who, whose fault it was it was IKF's fault I'm not blaming labor it looked like a catchable ball it looked all like it. a very catchable ball he took
0: a bad approach to the bag um as as a shortstop there and, and look I am not a major league baseball shortstop so I should not be giving advice to anybody you got to make sure of one out there. I thought it was poor footwork by IKF. I don't blame Glaber Torres. Maybe if you want to give some some blame, give him 25% of the blame. But I think a Major League Baseball shortstop has to catch that ball and
1: secure one out at second base with no throw to first. I don't disagree with you. Here's one thing I want to say about the Yankees. and I get I mean, Yankee fan is like they're blaming the middle infield. They're blaming a Cortez injury. I think this series ended on – Saturday night. I I think that was basically the end of it. But I've got to give the Yankees credit. I thought when Cortez went out today, things were going to get really ugly for them. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, their bullpen pitched very admirably, I thought. Even if they would have won this game, the bullpen would have just been roasted to the oh, point yeah. where yeah. you don't even know what you can do going forward. But I thought the bullpen came in and and, and held it down pretty well, uh, all things considered. Just two earned runs over seven innings for that bullpen. you got to feel good about what you saw there. But. Yeah, and Harrison Bader homered again. This guy had an incredible postseason for the
0: Yankees. Uh, but the, the season ends for New York with Aaron Judge making the final out. Is that his final at-bat in a Yankee uniform? He's certainly going to test the market. T- to, and, to dip his and, toe and in. And everyone's going to offer him as much money as – and and there's the thing. It's like – He's going to look really good in Dodger blue next year. <laughs> but here's the thing. <laughs> the guy's going to be the American League MVP. Yeah. He had 62 home runs in the regular season. I heard. He had a couple of home runs against the Guardians. But in this postseason, nine games, A.J., he batted 0.63, 0.063, an on-base percentage of 0.118. He struck out 15 times in, what do you have, 36
1: at-bats? That's not a good MVP performance no but I mean listen this is a a short sample size I I, I get it Uh, and if you're only paying him based on this postseason well you don't pay him Uh, but the fact that he's going to get paid based on what he did Mm -hmm. in the regular season and what he's done for a couple regular seasons now so uh, but you do worry about get your your guys like this not coming up big in the uh, in the biggest spots, and you know on the other side the, the Astros Altuve hasn't been great this postseason, nope. uh, Jordan hasn't been great this postseason. But those guys also have a history of coming mm-hmm. up in the postseason and coming up clutch, so they're going to get a little bit of a pass. Whereas Aaron Judge, who's a free agent, it, it has yet to take his team to win a World Series. It's uh, it's hard to give him that pass. Well, you know who has been coming up like an MVP
0: for their team. Bryce Harper. Suarez delivers. Swing and a drive. Left
1: field. It's deep. It's going. Yes. And it is going. Yes. Yes. It is Bedlam at the bank as Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top. Are you kidding me? Oh. His 10th career home run of the postseason. And he may never hit a bigger one.
0: That was the call on the Phillies radio network. Boy, way to step on a call, huh? With the color guy there. (laughs) A huge moment. And he's, yes, yes. I like that, though. Local fans like that. National, like, broadcasters. Bob Costas hates that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But Harper does come through in the biggest moment for the Phillies. The biggest swing of his career to date. Because he might have something in the World Series. But think about what. Bryce Harper has has gone through, right? The incredible career. He leaves the Nationals, and the year after he leaves, the Nats go on to win the World Series. Yeah. Takes the big money, goes to Philly, wins MVP, and now has them in the World Series because of his uh, at-bats, and what a postseason Bryce Harper has had. He's batting 400 here in, in the season. We talk about Aaron Judge batting .063. Bryce Harper
1: is batting 400. And it's, it's wild because you can look at the Phillies box score every day and it's two guys. It's, it's either Kyle Schwarber or, or Bryce Harper has a big day mm-hmm. and the, the Phillies win. And the fact that it's really nobody else in the lineup is hitting and they're winning games like this. Man, I wouldn't a, say is
0: nobody. They have gotten, they got, you know, Gene Segura had a big game the other day. They're getting, you know, Bryson Stott had a couple of doubles in the other game. So, they are getting contributions. I, I just think this Phillies team is special. And, you know, with all due respect to the the Astros and how great they are, and they're undefeated this postseason. You know, Philly's sitting here at, at what, 8-2 and two yeah. in the playoffs? Yep. So it's not like they've uh, had their, had, you know, a little bit, dealt with a little bit of adversity, but they're winning every time. They're coming from behind these games. The other day, what was it, Saturday's game, they were they were down 4 nothing in the top of the first inning. Yeah. And they come back and they – not only just win that game, but win it convincingly.
1: Yeah, they, they, Listen, they're a fun team to watch. Uh, this has been a, a fun run. Good for certainly. the city, too. I mean, no doubt. They, they first World Series appearance since uh,
0: 2009. They won the – remember, they went back-to-back World Series. They won it in 2008 against the Rays, and then they lost it in 2009 against the Yankees. They make the po- – they have the first home postseason game since 2011, and uh, now it's like they are the underdogs. You know, They're the little engine that could here – Finishing as the wild card, one of the wild card teams in the National League. Uh, 87 wins during the regular season, and here they are in the World Series.
1: Yeah, the World Series odds as they stand now. Astros minus 175, Phillies plus 150 in the fall class. Yeah,
0: I'd be on the Phillies, but that 150 is not that attractive. I'd rather just bet on the Phillies in, in, in individual games. Because they're going to be dogs in these games. Yeah. So just take them in these, you know, they got to win four of them. It's four opportunities for you to win there with the Phillies if you think they're going to win this series. The Harper home run, let's just talk about this for, for a moment. If you weren't watching the game, understand what had happened here. The Phillies have a lead going into the seventh inning. It's 2-1 to one Phillies going into the seventh inning. Zach Wheeler's pitching a great game. And at this point in the seventh inning. there's a Juan Soto sighting in that game. Well, Who would have thought? It, they, they, Wheeler comes back out for the seventh and gives up a single to Cronenworth. Okay. So they bring in Sir Anthony Dominguez, one of their high-leverage relievers. And this was the plan. And for those of you that got this play from me on pregame.com in my write-up uh, where I selected Philly's money line, I had said, the Phillies are going to back up Zach Wheeler with Sir Anthony Dominguez and Jose Alvarado because that's the, that's the plan. They're high-leverage relievers. We're going to pitch this game. Sir Anthony Dominguez, right away, wild pitch. Oh, by the way, it's raining. <laughs> and not only is it raining, but puddles are starting to form on the infield. Like, the, the this is watching on television, and I wasn't in the ballpark, but watching on TV – I was thinking, it's time to stop this game. It's time to stop it. Let the grounds crew put the tarp on the field. Let's get this thing figured out. But maybe they know more than me. They're checking the radar, and maybe they see that, you know what, the uh, the, the 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 rain is stopping, right? And so there's no reason to stop the game. They're just going to get out there and do the quick dry and whatever they have to do to the field. So wild pitch. Then a double by Bell, Cronenworth scores, tie game. Brandon Drury strikes out. Hasso Kim strikes out. And then another wild pitch by Sir Anthony Dominguez. And then another oh. wild pitch by Sir Anthony Dominguez. And the Padres take the lead thanks to three wild pitches in the same inning.
1: That is unbelievably rare. Yeah. Especially, like you said, for a high leverage guy. Uh, weather probably something to do with it. Of but, course. Yeah, that's, and, uh, and
0: whether it's probably not it was his
1: grip, but maybe
0: his plant foot, you know, on the wet mound, he's planting and and the release point is thrown off. So anyway, uh, the Phillies are down three to two. Bottom of the seventh, they get nothing. Uh, Padres, Alvarado comes in, shuts down the Padres in the eighth. And then the bottom of the eighth, Real Muto leads off with a single. Now here, here's where the, this is, this is all the talking point. And this is going to be the entire conversation for the entire offseason for the San Diego Padres, and for their manager, Bob Melvin, who has done a tremendous job. Right at this moment, pitching for San Diego, is Robert Suarez. Suarez had come in to relieve Hugh Darvish in the seventh inning. So at this point in the bottom of the eighth, after he allows a leadoff single to JT Real Muto, There is no three batter rule. He's already faced three batters. You have Josh Hader warming up in the bullpen. The guy that you sold out for to trade for at the deadline to improve your team. He has been one of the best relievers in Major League Baseball for a few years now. Yeah, You have left-handed swinging Bryce Harper. Coming up to the plate representing not the tying run, but the go-ahead run. And you don't bring in Josh Hader to face Bryce Harper?
1: That's an interesting choice. You
0: let Suarez pitch to Harper? And and granted, Suarez made a couple of good pitches in that at bat. Harper fouled it off, but he was sitting dead red, and and, and he smashed that sinker. 98-mile-an-hour sinker. He smashed it to left center field for the go-ahead home run. You're Bob Melvin. You are going to be answering. And he did after the game. He absolutely did. And here's here's Bob Melvin after the game. It's tough right now. I mean, that one stings. You know, we've been so good about putting games away
1: late. Suarez has been unbelievable. I think it's the first home run he's given up to a lefty all year. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it was tough even talking to the group there for a little bit. So, at the end of the day, I mean, we expected to go farther, so it's disappointing. Um... I think we'll probably take stock a little bit later and evaluate the year, but right now it's tough to do.
0: When were you going to be comfortable going
1: to Hater? Yeah, we were going to look for four outs. We were trying to split it up with, with he and, and Suarez. Um, but, look, we got a lot, of, a lot of confidence in Suarez. Came in, did a great job defending before. Um, you know, we just just fell a little bit short there.
0: I get it, AJ. And Yeah, it's, it, you look at Suarez's numbers, he's been really good against left-handed hitters. This isn't
1: your normal left-handed hitter, right? This is Bryce Harper. This is the reigning National League MVP. You probably want to look at Bryce Harper's splits versus lefties and versus righties, too, because that has to
0: go into play as well. Yeah, Harper does hit lefties uh, pretty well. So I, I, I would have brought in Josh Hader. Absolutely. To pitch to Bryce Harper in that spot, or maybe just not pitch to Bryce Harper in that spot. I you can't know. put the you can't put the go ahead <laughs> run on on the base. You can put the you, you can't do it. you can't put the go ahead run on the tying run's already on. You can't put that tying Fair run in the scoring position. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, so um, I, I I it's a question that you know even though you know Melvin gave the answer, he's going to continue to have to answer because Padres fans are are not going to be happy
1: about this one. Yeah, I mean. He can always say, listen, we beat the Dodgers. What, yeah. do, you,
0: what do you want from me? <laughs> and didn't, isn't that what I said kind of when we were handicapping this series? exactly what you said. That maybe the Padres won their World Series by getting over the Dodgers. Yep. And so now, uh, yeah, well, the Phillies will take on the Houston Astros World Series Game 1 in Houston. Will be Friday evening as we get gear up for uh, Halloween weekend. And the World Series We'll go Friday, game one, Saturday, game two. There's an off day on Sunday. Monday on Halloween will be game three, so go trick-or-treating, watch the World Series. Then you'll have uh, game four on uh, Tuesday, November 1st. And if necessary, game five and so on Wednesday, November 2nd, which means we will have November baseball. But we knew that when the season got pushed back. So congratulations to the Phillies. And the Astros, your pennant winners in the National League and the American League. Week 7 Sunday in the NFL saw some surprising teams continue their runs. The Giants and Jets both win as New York football improves to, what is it now, 11-2 and two combined? 11-3 combined man. between the two New York football teams that play in New Jersey. Although the Jets' win comes at a pretty hefty cost. Yes, and we'll get into that uh, coming up here in our NFL whip around. But let's start with the disappointments. Not the surprises, but the disappointments. And, A.J., there's no bigger disappointment than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who for the second week in a row not just failed to cover as a double-digit favorite,
1: lose outright as a double digit favorite. Yeah, the Bucks were actually just get dominated in this game 21 to 3 by the Carolina Panthers. If you saw this coming raise your hand, I certainly didn't. Uh, this was this might be the most shocking result of the young season. Would you would you go with that? Yeah, I think so. Considering the struggles
0: of the Tampa Bay Bucks coming into this game, losing to the Steelers in the way that they lost. Again, double-digit favorite. You, you lose that game. And you know that they needed a bounce back. Brady yelling at his, you know, players on the sideline. The the Panthers just in complete tank mode getting rid of Christian McCaffrey midweek. Like, now you have to prepare for Chuba Hubbard on a short week, a short time of preparation, and, and they're already with their fourth-string quarterback, P.J. Walker. I thought that this was a, a, a really, a Tampa
1: Bay Bucks blowout win over the Panthers. 181 yards on 24 carries for Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. The Bucks run defense got absolutely gashed by Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, not Christian McCaffrey, Mm -hmm. Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Uh, That is, that's not Tampa Bay Bucks football. That's not what it's been. This is a team that you, you didn't even try to run on it back in the old days, uh, PJ Walker, not a single carry, which is surprising, uh, especially considering that they won the game, but 16 of 22, 177 yards, two touchdowns, um, and really outplayed Tom Brady is what it boiled down to. Not a great day for Tom Brady. Um, you know, Mike Evans drops a ball that's a walk-in touchdown. It just felt like mm-hmm. the Bucks were out of sync. The Bucks could not run the football. Uh, I mentioned the, the two guys for, for Carolina, Rashad White and Leonard Fournette, 14 combined carries for 43 yards. So you got once on one side you're about seven and a half yards a carry on the other you're about three yards a carry, so it's just a a, a dominant performance in the trenches for the panthers and really the bucks need to reevaluate what's going on here because it, it, this is a shocking development for the for the bucks to lose four out of five games is i don't I don't know if anyone could have seen this coming we all we've never seen. Tom Brady in this situation before mm-hmm. and it's weird to it, for years and years like you know I've been doing radio since 2004 and I, I'm trying to remember the first time that I said well Tom Brady's getting old we're probably going to expect a decline I'm guessing it was like 2010 and it, this might be it we might be finally seeing it you know I talk so much and we're going to get into the Packers
0: here in a minute I talk so much about how Aaron Rodgers just doesn't look right. He, there, there's something about the body language, the mer- mannerisms, the way that the the team is carrying themselves on the field, and and maybe Tom Brady, everything that's going on with him, all the uh, non-football stuff that's going on with him, and also just like looking at him, how thin he looks, and he almost looks sickly, right, when he's standing up there at the podium, and I don't know if he ha- if he's had cosmetic work or whatever. But he don't look the same, so, and, and and maybe the passion or desires not there. He's talking during the week about how it's like being deployed and going to the military when he when he gets ready to play football. And boy, I bet you, I bet you he wishes right now that he did not
1: overturn, uh, go back on his retirement. Oh, it, it, dude, gave up his family for this yeah. three and four? Come on, yeah, this is wild. And if the if the playoffs started tomorrow. The Bucks and the Packers would both be sitting at home, which is unbelievable when you consider like if you had told me that I was like, oh, well, I guess Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady got hurt, but not the case. Neither guys hurt both playing subpar football, at least certainly subpar by their standards, by their personal standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a- again, if the playoffs started right now, no Bucs, no Packers, that's that's. Not something I would have expected. The Bucks are one point dogs on Thursday against the Baltimore Ravens. I think that's uh, it, that's fair. Home dogs, right? They're home dogs. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I think that's fair. Um, especially, listen. I, I saw the way the the Ravens ran the ball today. Yeah. Gus Edwards if they can don't remind me because i started kenyan drake (laughs) and if they can run the ball he got zero if they can run the ball the way the ravens or the way the panthers did on the bucks today the the bucks aren't doing anything this is uh this is shocking really what's going on in tampa right now and the entire nfc south under 500 right now yeah i don't know who's gonna win that division i I, it's it's a battle of attrition yeah uh is is bet we and I still believe the Panthers are the worst team in the NFL. They're one game out of first place in the <laughs> NFC South. It's unreal. Isn't that wild? And right now, the odds to win that division
0: you have the Tampa Bay Bucks at minus 280, Falcons plus 350,
1: Saints 12 to 1, Panthers 18 to 1. You know, the Falcons have the same record as the Bucks. Yeah. If the Falcons didn't get absolutely humiliated by Joe Burrow yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'd think plus 350 is not a bad number. <laughs> Maybe they came back down to
0: earth. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about the Packers and their uh, co- their continued struggles. This was bad. Taylor Heineke and the Washington Commanders beat the Green Bay Packers 23-21. And it really, the Packers' offense, it wasn't even 21. The Packers got a pick six in this game. Yeah. So The Packers only put up 14 points of offense against the Washington Commanders on the road. Now let's just think about this. Let, let's go. Let, let's let's try and backtrack. They scored two touchdowns here against the Commanders last week. One touchdown against the Jets, and the week before that against the Giants were able to get in the end zone twice. Five touchdowns. In the last 12 quarters of
1: football. Yeah, it's not pretty right now. This is uh, and the offense we've talked about is is broken, but the defense continues to be uh, pretty disappointing for a team that was considered to have a top five defense coming into the season. They're nowhere near that. And as far as the offense goes, I, I think it's the lack of a running game. Aaron Jones has been so good the last few years. You know, and I, I don't think it's coincidence that the Packers running game the last couple of years have, has coincided with Aaron Rodgers being mm-hmm. the MVP of the league the last couple of years, like it, having that behind you is so important. And right now they just can't run the football. And if you can't run the ball, all, we've, we talked about this with the Rams. If you're trying to sell me on play action and I don't think you can run the football, how are you going to, how are you going to fool me? And that's where the Packers are right now. So everybody's playing the pass. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. And they don't have the weapons. No, nope. it, it, it's not just it. Maybe it's it's Devante
0: Adams. It's a combination of Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez. You know, when Alan Lazard's your number three, you're doing OK. Lazard being your number one. It's, it's just not doing it for him. Aaron Jones had, you know, nine catches on 10 targets. You're running back led you in targets. He had 10 targets in this game for Aaron Rodgers. That's it. They have no weapons offensively with losing Devontae Adams, with losing Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. Sammy Watkins is a bust. Uh, Cobb's hurt and he's old. Uh, Really, it's Lazard and Aaron Jones, and that's it. Romeo Dubs had a nice couple of games early on in the season. He is now in Aaron Rodgers' doghouse once again. So Rodgers doesn't have anybody to throw it to, and they're not getting, they're not really as dynamic or even as creative. As they once were. So, you know, we gave LaFleur all this credit being, you know, the, 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 the whiz kid, right? And going 13-3 his first three seasons. This team stinks. There's no yeah. other way around it. There, they stink.
1: There, there really isn't. And there was right around, just before the two-minute warning, uh, the Packers got the, the, you know, the Packers were down by two points. They just scored the touchdown. Packers down by two. They get to third and nine with just over two minutes left, and Taylor Heineke gets a 12-yard conversion on yeah. third and nine. And honestly, it's a spot where I thought, I bet the uh, I bet the commanders run it here and just try and take it to the two-minute warning and make Rodgers do something. It, and now they, they get that first down, and that's basically the end of the game. I mean, Rodgers had like three plays at the end, but that was, for all intents and purposes, the end of the game. The defense isn't there. The offense isn't there. This is a mediocre team. And... Losing three games in a row is one thing. First time since 2018 for the Packers. Losing to the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders. Yeah. This can't happen if you're the Packers. Like, you you just lost to Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, and and Taylor Taylor Heineke. Heineke. Yep. That's, this is the the defending MVP. Mm -hmm. This, this is a bad, bad look right now for the Packers. They are. Really, a bad look for Aaron Rodgers. Coming up on Sunday Night
0: Football. The Packers are ten and a half point underdogs to the Buffalo Bills. That's the largest uh, spread. Large first time Aaron Rodgers has been a double digit dog.
1: You ten know, ten and a half. I'll be honest; it's hard for me to to like. When, when are you going to say, "Oh, Packers, ten points"? Let, let's go. I mean, that's the first thought always. Yeah, if you're getting ten points with. A, I don't even remember getting ten points with Aaron Rodgers. Never. But I just, I don't want it. You could keep it. I, I'm good. Uh, this Bills team goes out and embarrasses teams regularly, especially teams that are are not elite offensively. Uh-huh. The Packers are far from elite offensively. So I, I could see this Packers game. Packers couldn't
0: score against the Giants, couldn't score against the Jets, couldn't score against the
1: Commanders. How are they going to score on the Bills defense? The best defense in the league? Best defense. How is the their defense going to slow down the best offense in the league. Like, this is a nightmare for, for the Packers. And I heard Aaron Rodgers say, maybe this is exactly what we need. We need everybody talking about us about to be embarrassed on Sunday night football. Uh, well, I, I think that...
0: Y- y- well, what hap- Let me ask you, what happens if they do get embarrassed on Sunday night football? Not, they play the Lions next They've week. They've lost four straight games. <laughs> they're 3-5. and five, And they just got embarrassed yeah. by the Buffalo Bills. What's the spread in Detroit
1: The following week Uh, they're two or three point favorites i mean the the lions are still the lions i I think we've seen that but i'm not saying they're going to cover that spread given how they're playing but i think they'll still be favored yeah but i there's no doubt and aaron Rodgers saying that this could be good for us i I don't think so (laughs) i I really don't i don't think this is going to cure what ails you running going to buffalo uh is not is not something to fix your woes i can tell you that all right, let's whip through the rest of the league. Let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals. Move to 4-3 and three with a 35-17 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Joe Burrow, 481 yards passing, three touchdowns. I said last week. I think the Bengals realized we're not a running football team. Mm-hmm. That was certainly the case yesterday. Back to back wins now. Can we say that the Bengals are are back? I really think they are. I, yeah. I think their identity has to be Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. That mm. like that that passing game, that has to be their identity. And it was yesterday, and they, they it was the week before. And they look so much better than when they're running their heads into the wall with Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon has to be a complimentary piece for this team. Monday night football, the Bengals will be third three-point favorites in
0: Cleveland against the Browns. By the way, the Falcons, even with the loss, still first place, like we mentioned. Yeah, and Atlanta, uh, well, they did not cover, so this was the first time that they failed to cover, but Atlanta, a heavy six-and-a-half-point favorite at home next week against the Panthers.
1: The Dallas Cowboys, 24-6 winners over the Lions, who fall to 1-5 and on the season, five turnovers in the second half for the Lions.
0: Yeah, this was disappointing because uh, as someone who backed the Lions at plus seven and a half, I was very happy with the way that the first half played out. You know, Lions went into the locker room with the 6-3 lead defense fighting for, you know, the fighting Dan Gambles, as RJ likes to call them. Uh, they were really playing well defensively, and Dak kind of looked like he was out of sort. And all of a sudden, in the, you know, fourth quarter of this game, the Cowboys score— on a long drive to go up 17 to 6 and then you're thinking okay we can still backdoor this thing right nope this
1: is how the each drive in the second half ended for the lions interception punt fumble <laughs> interception fumble fumble You don't win football games playing like that. Cowboys next week,
0: 10-point favorites at home against the Bears. The Lions, meanwhile,
1: 3.5-point dogs at home to the Dolphins. Tennessee Titans take control of the AFC South with a 19-10 win over the Colts. This is... this is Mike Vrabel continues to dominate coming off of a buy extra preparation time for Mike Vrabel now five and zero ATS just a, a handy win handy cover for the Titans. So I
0: tweeted something out today and it it wound up turning into a joke. But the, the first tweet was Matt Ryan, comma it's time. <laughs> and then as the day progressed, I quote tweeted that tweet and I said Tom Brady, it's time. And then I go Aaron Rodgers, it's time, it's time. But it, it started with Matt Ryan. Because you can't play worse as a, for a guy, and yes, there are quarterbacks that do play worse, but for a guy that came in with the experience level, with the expectation, with the talent around him, Jonathan Taylor came back from injury, Naeem Himes came back from injury, Matt Ryan was terrible.
1: He and he can. This entire season, he's been awful. Oh, with the exception of a week ago when he blew up, and it was like, oh, maybe he's found something here. I, I think at some point we have to look at Frank Reich and say, this guy's supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. Who's he whispering to? Because Different every quarterback every year. Every quarterback who comes through yeah. ends up disappointing. So at, at some point, don't we have to say, Frank Reich, you're supposed to be the guy who's who's fixing these quarterbacks. What's going on here? Uh, this is another example of that, and a, a rough, rough season continues. Three turnovers for the Colts, just an ugly game. Uh, and Derrick Henry, 30 carries, 128 yards, so big day for, you ready, for Henry You ready as well. for this
0: Matt Ryan stat?
1: Matt Ryan has
0: 11 fumbles and 9 interceptions this season. Yeah, in seven games. Yeah, that's not good quarterback play. No. Colts next week are three. That's also
1: a team not protecting their quarterback. Well, that's true. Which is, this Colts team was known to have a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. They've had a bad offensive line this
0: year. Colts, uh, three and a half point favorites at home against the Commanders next week. Titans, meanwhile,
1: three and a half point favorites on the road in Houston against the Texans. The New York football Giants move to six and one, the worst six and one team in the history of the league. Uh, beating, we? <laughs> beating the Jags 23-17. We joked about this, right,
0: on the Dream Pod. We joked about this on SOVAM all, all week last week. This was my best bet on the podcast, Giants plus the three points. And I said, it's like every week, and, and it's like we're going to keep saying it. And, and, and next month from now, the Giants are the worst 9-2 football team I've ever seen. Whatever it is, good teams find ways to win football games. And the Giants are a good football team. Say what you will about Getting lucky, all this stuff. You know, who cares? There's one stat that matters. In six of their seven games this year, they have scored
1: more points than the other than the opponent. Yeah, it's a good stat to follow. Yeah, uh, Saquon Barkley, 24 carries, 110 yards. Daniel Jones, 107 yards rushing on 11 carries, uh, 202 through the air. Trevor Lawrence with a 310 yard day. He played very well. Travis Etienne, welcome, welcome back. 14 carries, 114 yards, 8.1 yards per carry. He got his first career touchdown yesterday.
0: He also uh, got the octopus because he scored the touchdown and converted the two-point conversion following nice. the touchdown. But he did have that long uh, 49-yard run. On that run, by the way, do you know who ran him down and tackled him? I do not. Kayvon Thibodeau. Nice. A defensive end who was lined up on the opposite side of where ETN ran the football. Some would call that a hustle play. Ran
1: him down. Some would call that a hustle play. That's just the skill this dude has. This is another game where, I mean, the Giants feel good because they won. The Jags are going to be kicking themselves because for all intents and purposes, they outplayed the Giants in this game. And found a way to lose. Seems and
0: like we're saying that every week about uh, seems, we, two things.
1: We're saying it about the Giants. They're finding
0: ways to win. We're saying it about the Jaguars finding ways to lose. Yep. Bottom line is bad
1: teams find ways to lose. Good teams find ways to win. I think at the end of that game, Trevor Lawrence cannot throw the ball short of the end zone. He's got to throw into the end zone. You can't throw the ball underneath and hope that your guy can mm-hmm. get there. You have to get that guy open in the end zone. And I I think that's a lesson learned for him. And everyone wants to – by the way, I heard a lot of
0: people say, Giants got one yard lucky, one yard lucky, whatever that. Um, When it's the final play of the game and the end zone is the target line, the defenders are defending the end zone, okay? So they put their back heels on the end zone, and they know I cannot let anybody get past me with the football. If – if the – if this was just a first down needed, to, the Giants wouldn't have played such soft coverage. Nope. And and the the pass is not even completed. So they they defended the goal line, and they defended the goal line well. Jaguars next week, four-point favorites at home against the Broncos. The Again, everyone loves this Jaguars team. I don't know why. Uh, and it just doesn't make sense to me. Does not make sense to me. Well, the Broncos are going to win that game out, right? Um, that line is probably baked in with no Russell Wilson, but...
1: I'll just, I'll just play the under and feel good about exactly.
0: it. Exactly. Uh, and the uh,
1: Giants are three-point dogs in Seattle. The Baltimore Ravens, 23-20, hold on and hold off. The Cleveland Browns. Yeah, came from
0: behind. A good fight. Uh, Gus Edwards back from his ACL looked really good running the football, scored two touchdowns, and uh, not the greatest Lamar Jackson offensive performance. Really, not the greatest performance from, from either team. You know, Nick Chubb did what Nick Chubb is going to do, but just a hard fought AFC North battle that, uh, for the Ravens' perspective, I think they feel like we're okay now. You know, like we're we're doing all right. We Maybe got so. this win. We're we, we we this is our division. We're gonna fight with the Bengals, but we're in a good spot right now. Ravens, we mentioned them earlier. This Thursday night will be one point favorites on the road in Tampa. And as for those Cleveland Browns, they will host the
1: Bengals on Monday Night Football as three point dogs. Here's something odd: Mark Andrews zero receptions on the day on National Tight End Day. What are you doing, Mark Andrews? Your big day. Your big day. All right, speaking of the Broncos, who we talked about earlier, the under, uh, the Jets beat the Broncos 16-9 in another ugly, ugly Denver Broncos football game. Jets get the win, lose offensive rookie of the year favorite, Brees Hall, looks like probably for the rest of the season. Yeah,
0: the early reports – are that it is a significant knee injury. He'll obviously go for testing and imaging and all that stuff, but the uh, early diagnosis is that it is likely a torn ACL. They always say now uh, on Sunday into Monday, it's like the Jets fear that this is what it is. Yeah, so the initial diagnosis is that it is a torn ACL, but obviously he'll go for more uh, elaborate testing here today and the Jets will find out. He's had such a great season. He was the betting favorite to win the offensive rookie of the year, but uh, that will not be the case if he misses the remainder of the season. The Jets, though, improved to 5-2 and two now, 4-0 oh on the road. The New York Fighting Football Jets uh, will be a one-point dog at home next week to the New England Patriots. Broncos, as we mentioned, four-point dogs in Jacksonville. And, and by the way, Broncos... Russell Wilson, Brett Rippon, it didn't matter.
1: It's the same team. It's the same team. It's the same team. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs, not a terrible offense. 44 points up against the San Francisco 49ers, albeit a beat-up 49ers team, but they really made it look easy. Yeah, it was Christian McCaffrey actually
0: made his debut. Didn't have a big part of the game, but it was nice to see him get a couple of carries and get some yards. But this was all about Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs offense that just could not be stopped. And, And Mahomes looked great. 423 yards, three touchdowns, uh, connected with uh, Juju on a long one, connected on Marquez Valdez-Scantling on a long 50-plus yarder, and uh, Kelsey did what Kelsey normally does. This is just the, the Kansas City Chiefs coming off a uh, tough loss to the Buffalo Bills, reminding everyone that they are the second-best team in, in the AFC. The Las Vegas Raiders 30. Oh, let me give you the, the next week uh, 49ers two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Rams. I, I mean, I, I could
1: see that. As they continue to get healthier, the Rams uh,
0: – I guess the Rams get extra rest. And now you got to imagine that McCaffrey has a – uh, a, 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 an important role sure. in the offense. You know, This was just uh, a minor role here. The Chiefs uh, have
1: the week off. It's their bye week. The Las Vegas Raiders 38, the Houston Texans 20. This game was close for a while. It was 2017 Texans going into the fourth quarter. And then the Raiders pull away late, scoring 21 unanswered in the fourth quarter. Josh Jacobs, can he be the comeback have player day, of the a day, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, kind of like, I mean, They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. He's kind of the forgotten man, and Josh Jacobs having a pretty fine season. 20 carries, 143 yards, three touchdowns in this game. So, yeah, Josh Jacobs having a a really good season so far. Yeah, Raiders are going to be two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Saints next week.
0: Uh, Meanwhile, the Houston Texans, three-and-a-half-point dogs at home. To the Titans.
1: By the way, Damian Pierce for the Texans, 92
0: yards as well. On you got ground. to imagine that with Reese Hall going down with the injury, that Damion Pierce becomes the favorite to win the Offensive
1: Rookie of the Year, or order. or Isaiah Pacheco, who looks like he's getting a, a more uh, healthy role mm. in Kansas City's offense. That might be a good buy low yeah. spot. To, we'll see what the
0: odds are, but if Pacheco now has an increased role in that offense, maybe that's the way to go. Seattle
1: Seahawks, 37. 37- the L.A. Chargers twenty three. This was a dominant performance. Another great. Oh, I guess speaking of rookie running backs, Kenneth Walker the third, <laughs> one hundred and sixty eight yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Seattle had their way offensively with this beat up Chargers D. Remember when everyone thought Seattle was going to be the worst team in the league? They're not. The
0: oh idea. no, quarterback. It's it's Drew. What is it? Drew Locke or or Geno Smith, and and this team is going to be the worst team in the yeah. NFL.
1: Not the case. Not the case. Geno Smith is playing at such a high level. And this wasn't his best game. But if this is one of your bad games, you're doing okay. And they didn't really need him. Because like I said, the Chargers couldn't stop the run. And maybe even more importantly, Chargers couldn't run the ball themselves at all. Their defense gassed as the game went on. Um, Seattle jumped out to an early lead. The Chargers were never able to recover. And then Seattle poured it on late. So good win for the Seahawks. The Chargers continue to struggle with what's looked at as lesser competition. Uh, I I don't know if there's a team in the league that plays up and down to their competition as much as the Chargers do.
0: uh, It's absolutely the Chargers. Uh, DK Metcalf got carted off the field. The x-rays were negative on his knee. He'll go for more imaging and testing here today. Seahawks, three-point favorites next week at home against the
1: Giants. The Pittsburgh Steelers come up short as Kenny Pickett throws a late interception. The Dolphins, 16, Pittsburgh, 10. Watching this game, it felt like the dolphins offense was about to just ignite the first quarter of that game they looked good they looked incredible looked like they looked pre to a injury mm-hmm. after the first quarter nothing it grinds down to a halt the, i think they make a big tactical error not going up 9 points when they had the chance to yeah that's that's a
0: rookie head coach mistake
1: right there and uh, and really the, it gave the steelers a chance to be in that game the entire time and, and it also made sure steelers covered the spread yes it did yet yeah, to much to the chagrin of some and we know who those are <laughs> uh but yeah this was a this this dolphins team looks like it's gonna it's, it's gonna be back it's just not quite back yet mm-hmm. but this is a promising sign you know if you're if you were worried about tua's long term health or how he'd look I mean, Tua looked like Tua in, in this game. It Again, the second half wasn't particularly great, but I don't think it was necessarily Tua's fault. I think it was kind of the Steelers adjusted a little bit. The Steelers are a hard team to blow out. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, the the Bills did it. The Bills are a different animal than everybody else. Jalen Waddle, by the way, four catches, 88 yards in his return from injury. Mm-hmm. He was listed as questionable all week. Everybody's like, I don't know if he's even going to play. Well, he played and did well. Uh, and then for the Steelers – yeah, I don't know. The, the Steelers, when they can't run the football, and I, I guess they ran the football as effectively or maybe even more than they have the rest of the season, but Najee Harris, 17 carries, 65 yards. Mm-hmm. You're just... It, Kenny Pickett's not scaring anybody enough that, no. that's, that that's good enough.
0: And the Dolphins really stepped up. They had some injuries in their secondary that happened throughout the yes. game, throughout the game, but they really uh, came together and played well, especially at the end there, forcing that interception. Uh, Dolphins, three-and-a-half-point favorites in Detroit coming up on Sunday. The Steelers,
1: 10-point dogs in Philly against the Eagles. But Brandon Jones, that's, that's a, the safety. That's an injury to watch because you're going to be able to throw on. It, the Steelers couldn't take advantage of it because the Steelers can't throw the football. But that's something to watch for the Dolphins. Not a good injury for them as it con- continues to pile up. They they say, well, next man up. Except now you're you're running out of that next man, uh, and the Lions' offense can test you. Lions not a good team, but they can put up some points.
0: Let's talk Monday Night Football. The Patriots are a healthy favorite at home tonight against the Chicago Bears. Patriots laying eight points
1: over under. 40. Oh, well, I certainly wouldn't look to the Bears here. This is a situation, we, we talk about this all the time, if Bill Belichick, what he does better than everybody is take away what you're best at. Mm-hmm. So if he says, okay, I'm going to take away the Bears' ability to run the ball, what do the Bears do to move the football now? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if Justin Fields can beat Bill Belichick with his arm. I, I don't think so, and, and if Belichick's going to... Man, if Belichick's
0: going to stack the box and really force Justin Fields to beat him down the field, this could get ugly real, real fast. Uh, Justin Fields to throw an interception tonight is minus one hundred and eighty. I would, I'm curious to see if we can get odds on him to throw over like one and a half. Yeah, like does he? Because he's definitely throwing one. Will he throw two interceptions? Because I think that's the move here: is to to look at any Patriots defensive props. Is what you can look at here. All right, defensive special teams props. Now these are only kickers. Yeah, that's what I would look at. Any type of defensive numbers that you can find on the uh, Patriots. In fact, you want to have fun. Let's have fun. That's not actually not even good odds. I wish it was higher than that. I was going to say Patriots defense plus four seventy five to score a touchdown.
1: Here's what I've seen so it's far. Be higher than that. It's yeah, it should have to be higher. Should, it should be. Yeah. Here's what I've seen with the Patriots so far when they have played. Tua, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. They've given up about 28 points per game to those guys. Okay. Uh, when they've played Mitch Trubisky, Jared <laughs> Goff, and Jacoby Brissett, nine points per game. A mm, little bit. Different. I'm going to say Justin Fields falls in category yeah. B. <laughs> category B for Justin Fields. So I, I don't expect much out of this Bears offense. I think the Bears team total is probably a, a good way to attack this thing uh this it, again it, it, I, we've seen some ugly ugly standalone primetime games yeah I could see another one here which is a shame that there's no baseball games tonight uh
0: it this really is. is uh let's see first half Patriots minus five and a half how crazy is that it's an eight point spread for the game they're five and a half point favorites in the first half
1: that, that is pretty wild although I the two bets that I made really early this week Patriots minus four in the first half which mm-hmm. obviously it's moved and I bet the the Tampa Bay Bucks minus seven at even money. Yeah, I did that too. And then it got to eight and a half, and then the Bucks scored zero points. It's almost impossible to cover a seven point first half spread if you don't score any points. They say that.
0: Uh, I actually like the under twenty in the first half tonight.
1: I, I I think that's a good play as well.
0: I think if anything, it's gonna be like ten nothing Patriots. Yeah.
1: This is a this is an ugly game. This is a a grind. Um, and again. I I always say this, if you're a first-year, second-year quarterback and you're going up against Bill Belichick, good luck. This is this could get pretty ugly.
0: Let's set the stage for uh, the action on the ice and in the association tonight with a Monday Look Ahead. And we'll start in the association where the 76ers will look for their first win of the season. They're 0 3, and they just have issues. Uh, hosting the Pacers, Philly laying 11.5, total of 2.27. Maybe some of those Sixers were like celebrating the Phillies' win last night, and I so maybe they'll that. be sluggish or. No, maybe not. No, no. okay. Uh, Raptors are at the Heat. Miami, three-and-a-half-point favorites, total of 217-and-a-half. The Knicks will host the Magic uh, Orlando, looking for their first win as well. Uh, Knicks are seven-and-a-half-point favorites at the Garden, total of 219. Celtics are undefeated. They visit the Bulls. Boston, minus four-and-a-half. Total of two twenty-three. The Jazz are also three and zero. They face the zero and three Rockets in Houston. Well, maybe the, the Rockets are out celebrating because you know the Astros. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Or maybe the Rockets just stink. Houston actually minus one. Oh in wow! This spot. No. So, Pass. Yeah. So, Who's not playing is what I need <laughs> to know. Uh, Houston minus one, total of 232. The Nets are at the Grizzlies. Memphis, one and a half point favorites, total of 228 and a half. Spurs visit the Timberwolves. Minnesota laying 10 with a total of 230 and a half. Nuggets are at the undefeated 3-0 Blazers. Denver, three and a half point favorites, total of 229 and a half. Looking at the action on the ice tonight, the Capitals visit the Devils, New Jersey minus 125, total of six and a half. The Stars are at the Senators, Dallas minus 115, total of six. Penguins are 4 0 1 on the year. They visit the Oilers, Edmonton minus 120, total of six and a half. Blues are 3 0. They're at the Jets, St. Louis minus 115, total of six and a half. The Golden Knights will host the Maple Leafs. What a game we have here in Vegas tonight. Toronto minus 120 total of six and a half. And then the Hurricanes will be at the winless Vancouver Canucks, Carolina minus 155 total of six and a half. There's a look at all the action coming up here tonight on Monday night. We want to thank you for tuning in. And a reminder, if you are listening to this simulcast on the Dream Preview podcast feed, which we do on Mondays and Fridays. Subscribe to Straight Out of Vegas AM, wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search Straight Out of Vegas AM and subscribe to the new feed. You could leave us a little bit of a rating and review as well to help us grow and spread the word to your friends and family. Uh, we're also going to give you 20% off. For our listeners, you can go to pregame.com, 20% off any package you want to buy, anything you want to buy. Just use the promo code NEW20, N-E-W-20, at pregame.com. You get 20% off anything you would like to purchase, any package there. You want to buy my NHL season package? Go right ahead. AJ's College Football, NFL, UFC, Mackenzie's NBA, anything. Go to pregame.com. We're going to give you 20% off. Use the promo code NEW20. For A.J. Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. A.M.